Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. All right, there we go. Uh, Zach Arsketting coming to you live from North Carolina. I don't know why my mic does that, uh, but we're back again, standing on the wall, praying for the office of the president as he makes his journey to Israel. And we want to continue this week as the president is on his journey um, in meetings in Israel throughout the Middle East to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And it coincides, uh, I just think this is the timing of the Lord, with our study of reordering our day in the book from Chuck Pierce. And today, really, the scripture we're going to outline really outlines and builds the basis points of why the Lord wants us, um, even as Gentiles, to not number one, number one, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, but to take back that night season and, and praying for, yes, the peace of Jerusalem, but for wisdom and guidance in our lives and in, in our case here in America and our journey here on the pipeline ministry of praying for the office of the president, being of sober spirit and being on alert. And the verse we want to lay the foundation for today is in Isaiah. Someone actually um, referenced it yesterday, and I thought it was uh, it it went right along with what is in um, Chuck's study here of praying for the peace of Jerusalem. It's Isaiah sixty-two. I'm going to focus on verses six and seven, and says, "On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen all day and all night. They will never keep silent." You who remind the Lord, take no rest for yourselves and give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. And and, and here it speaks of the importance of staying on the wall. Yes, for the peace of Jerusalem, uh, but this is the purpose of why the Lord wants us to take back the night. And the whole chapter of Isaiah 62 is about the importance of, of standing on the wall, relying upon the strength of the Lord for praying for the peace of Jerusalem. And as we've entered into a time with, in the season, in the natural, where the Lord wants us to not only take back the night season, but as the president himself is in Jerusalem, there are key moments and key things that the Lord is really warning us about here um, in the things in the natural. And so we're seeing the president himself um, make discussions. And there's some things I want to really highlight um, of things, what we need to pray for. And the first being, obviously as president's there, he's getting there today. He's having several meetings. Um, there's this report from the AP talking about how um, Biden seeks a new chapter in troubled Middle East. Um his national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, has come out and said that um, – I want to make sure I get this right. He said that the U.S. needs to remain intensively engaged in the Middle East because the region is deeply interwoven with the rest of the world. He says if we 
to create a peaceful and stable region. It will pay dividends for the American national interest and for American people. But this is the point where we want to really, really um, pray and be aware of some things that the president has a potential. And in these meetings, the president is and, and Jewish and, and Arab side have um, negotiations around what is being declared uh, dubbed the Jerusalem Declaration, which they will make on Thursday. And from Israeli officials, they're saying that this is meant to serve as a roadmap for the country's relationships for years to come. And what does that mean? What does that entail? That is something we'll be watching out for um, if the White House will release um, details on that. We're still yet to be seen. Uh, the idea is for it to hopefully, uh, on the good side of having the countries to use all elements of their national power against the Iranian nuclear threat, which the Biden administration has been balking at. And the lead official that they have on that is the main cause for concern and the main problem there. Um, so we really, really want to pray for these meetings as the Biden administration first meets with Israeli officials today, later meets uh, in the week with other Arab officials in Saudi Arabia and the host of, of um, the nations on basically an Arab conglomerate of those nations, Sunni nations who are against standing against Iran. And so we would just want to pray for the Biden administration uh, to have the fear of the Lord in these decisions and ultimately pray for the peace of Jerusalem and intercede for the fear of the Lord to come in and for the Biden administration to not push a deal that divides the land. That is something that they um, and all parties involved on the Biden administration, we know uh, from history and stances and public stances that they've made, pretty much all of them are 100% for dividing the land, and, and the Lord has warned us, uh, which would not bring uh, peace in, in, in a sense, and it would cause more chaos. Um, and so we just want to pray uh, that the Biden administration does not do anything that would divide the land. And, and a benefit towards that is the fact that the Israeli government is kind of – it is at a standstill. And the people who are in power now really don't have authority, shouldn't have authority to make long-standing deals. Um, this declaration is more of just a, hey, here's what we're going to try to do. It's not a, here's what we're doing legally. Um, no, There are talks of because of the coming elections, the fifth election is fourth years in Israel – most likely this temporary government just won't be able to do anything. And that that's that's ultimately a best thing. And, and hopefully, you know, the timing of the Lord is involved in this to prevent something to be done. Um, if that's how God does it, hey, that's how God does it. Uh, we just want to stay, stand on the wall and praying that something that would not only harm Israel, but the United States doesn't happen and occur and be brought on by this administration. Okay, we want to now review the meeting yesterday with Mexican President and President Biden. Um, depending on who you read, uh, I've read a few reports about this this morning. Depending on who you read and where your information is coming from and where they stand um, in their subjection and opinion, um, it was either a good meeting or it was a questionable one. And the facts about this meeting are that the Mexican president, when the public – 
cameras were there, spoke for 31 minutes straight. Uh, Biden couldn't get a word in edgewise, and then when he did, he just you know spoke about and reminded him about what is called the U.S. economic growth um, that is leading the world, and that we've had less inflation than the rest of the world, which is just a complete and utter lie. Um, and it's sad to see the president say that. Um, and the Mexican president went on to brag about how they put subsidies, um, subsidies, excuse me, on uh, gas in their nation and how American citizens who live along the border are given easy access to go buy gas in Mexico rather than the United States uh, to help ease the pain of inflation right now. And that's one of the things that uh, the Mexican president is kind of hammering home to uh, President Biden. Uh, and there's reports of saying that, well, oh, we're, we're partners and all this stuff. But some of the comments that were being made by the Mexican president um, just were confusing to say the least. Uh, he's saying he wants Biden to do something on the border and that he just needs to do it anyways because no matter what conservatives say, which is kind of like alarming, like what is he leading towards there? Because at the end of the day, like he would want um, a more stable border there and to increase the sovereignty of not only America but uh, Mexico itself to prevent and, and slow down the drug trade. And, and it's there's a lot of issues there involved with this president um and this current president in the united states so that's kind of the layout of the land there and hopefully somebody um within the administration can speak up and build relationships with those in mexico to because if this president's not going to do anything in mexico with the current administration then let's build relationships with the future leaders there as can be done uh in this these type of meetings all right so breaking news this morning uh, the inflation numbers came out, but first, before we talk about the report that came out from the Labor Department, I want to go back and look at report from yesterday from a couple different analysts that sh I want to see where they are saying where the economy and these numbers, inflation numbers would be at. And the reason this is important is because you have the reports of man, and then you have the report of the Lord. And, 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 and It'll help us understand of why it's important for us to listen to the heedings of the Lord uh, now and in the season ahead. Just some reminders here, some testimonies. So we're seeing reports. This is from the uh, Epic Times about how markets embrace for inflation report. Expected uh, analysts predict a, a price jump, high, the highest in 41 years. There were some analysts who predicted 8.8% in, and these are June numbers. Um, the Bureau of Labor Statistics estimated that it would be 8.9%. Um, the Visa JP Morgan expected it to grow at 8.6%. Uh, City and BNP Paribas, big investment banks, predicted 8.9%, uh, with a median around 88 And remember, inflation was 86 in May, year over year. And so these are where analysts were at. And then the article goes on to talk about a little bit more about the price uh, people are, are feeling. Now, the numbers that were the initial numbers, uh, not seasonal, uh, the corrected numbers that will come out later next month, was at 9.1% in June. So 8.8, 8.9, 8.8. Um, those are kind of there, but 8.9 really. That doesn't seem like a lot, but in reality, for people who make these type of predictions, that's a lot. It shows that they really don't have an under, they continue to not have an understanding of the market. 
Um, it, things are going higher than they they really think they are. And look, it's it's really hard to to make a one hundred percent accurate prediction. Um, but for it to be two basis points higher uh, than what they thought, that's that's quite an alarming um, outlier there. And it shows that while we see these analysts predict somewhat correctly is we need to be listening to the Lord about what to do. And the Lord has been warning that this would, this was coming. The Lord is warning, get out of debt, uh, get some savings up, cash will be king um, type of things. And the reason I say that, and, and, and Rick Joyner and, and Chris Reed and others have been saying, you know, buy stables, buy buy canned goods, buy things that will, will last. Um, but then also is think about this is if you're not in debt, or renting, or whatever the case may be, is you're in a stable position to where if a price increase goes up higher, inflation goes higher, um, you're able to survive. And if you have, just like Jesus said, you know, take captive every thought. If you're able to take captive um, where your money goes within your budget, you'll really be able to be able to have control. The, the, the in times like this, the people who don't have a a control of where their money goes in seasons like this are the ones who are going to get really hurt because they're living off of emotion. They're spending off of emotion. And right now people are reflecting upon that, whether they be Christians or not believers or not. And, and, and I just want to say this is, is let's, it's time to, as we reorder our days, we stand here praying for the office of the president of listen to the Lord and be obedient to what the Lord's telling us because he will guide us through this situation. No matter what the, the natural numbers say from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, if inflation goes higher um, or lower, whatever the case may be, is if we're obedient to what the Lord's telling us, he'll provide us um, a way through this to navigate with this. So I just want want to lay that out there um, as hopefully some seeds of, of fruit of peace for us, not only in this season, but in the days ahead. Now, uh, moving on. So some interesting details have come out about the Senate's negotiation for government funding. So they have basically until the end of July to try to get this done. It's going to be Build Back Better 3.0. Um, now what is coming up in negotiations is a disagreement on defense spending, which has kind of always been there. It's been, been the biggest delay. Republicans want more, Democrats want less, and they want more government spending into, uh, the quote unquote, uh, green renewable energy, which there's a complete debate on that. And we laid that out. But what's interesting is you're seeing everybody go back and forth, but Chris Kroon's, um, Chris Coons, Senator Chris Coons from Delaware, has talked about how right now there there needs to be an agreement on a top line budget, basically of hey, this is kind of where we're headed at, and we need to have this now. And what he's warning at is that if we don't have this now, and because we don't have this now, we miss the opportunity to actually get this thing done by the end of July. And what's most likely going to happen, and and I want to say this is to prepare us in, in the natural for what's about to happen, unless something just changes within the next day or two um, where they get something pushed through because with the fact that they're trying to push it through the government's funding through um, reconciliation, removing the filibuster, and then they're also at the same time trying to do this chips, $52 billion chips deal 
to bring uh, American manufa- chip manufacturers back to the United States, and it's kind of a force deal. Um, these companies are playing strong arm with the government. And while also at the same time, they want to raise taxes on high income earners and, and really all Americans. The most likely reality is that they will do a continuing resolution at the end of September, which is when they need to have this thing passed. And one thing to also keep in mind is that they will be taking a month long recess in August as and not only will they be taking a recess, but they will be campaigning. They will be focused. Things will have shifted towards the midterms. And this is why it was important for us to pray for people like Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema months before as the midterms got closer. And now we're here. Now, this is the crunch line. Both sides are at a stalemate. Most likely, this is not vetic, this is natural, my natural understanding of the situation is that we'll go on and they'll just have to pass a continuing resolution to go forward with last year's budget, just increasing it a little bit to make sure the government stays funded um, until some agreement can come to now. Is Hopefully Mitch McConnell can, can stay his ground um, during these midterms, not cave, not allow this country to go into debt further. So uh, that's something to be very, very... Um, keyed in on here and sober about in the days ahead as we get closer towards the midterms. And also the big push, big, big, big push now that you're seeing from Democrats, not just Elizabeth Warren, others as well, is to somehow try to rein in the Supreme Court and talking about um, an ethics board, um, term limits, packing the court, Etc. Because they've literally just upheld the Constitution, and so that's something to watch out in the midterms and to be be mindful of when people are voting, uh, of who we're voting for, Republican and Democratic alike. And, and as the negotiations for the government budget. Uh, for the next year is negotiated. We just want to intercede for the leaders with Republican and Democrat to have the fear of the Lord and use wisdom and revelation when deciding what to do next. Continue to support the original intent for this nation in order to stand up for freedom, not only in this nation, but for the spreading of the gospel of the kingdom to the nations as well. All right. Something alarming that I think we really need to be aware of and really pray for because this is going to cause a lot of court battles, is the Department of Justice has now made a move to create a task force to challenge states over abortion laws. Meanwhile, they have no legal authority to do this. The Supreme Court just ruled that it's up to the states. But now the DOJ is going to try to intervene on behalf of abortion rights, partnering further with Planned Parenthood and other abortion advocacy groups. Um, and, and I want to point this name out is Associate Attorney General Vanita Gupta, who will chair the task force and said that um, the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe and Casey is a devastating blow to reproductive freedom in this country. And ultimately, the Justice Department is committed to protecting access to reproductive services. They are going to fight on 
several issues, and I want to read this statement. I want to make sure um, I have this. Okay, here it is. This is what the task force will fo focus on. And it's the the car the write-out from the release from the Justice Department says that um, the task force will monitor and evaluate all state and local legislation and enforcement actions on abortion and coordinate appropriate federal government responses, including proactive and defensive legal actions where appropriate. The task force seeks to monitor any actions that infringe on federal legal protections relating to the provision and pursuits of reproductive care. Time out. The Supreme Court just ruled that there is no federal protection. Despite what, and this is this is what last week when the um, administration got the president to sign and a quote-unquote executive order giving federal rights, which that's not how laws are established, um, through the it's through legislative branch, which we understand that, and they go to talk about how impair women's ability to seek reproductive care in states uh, where it is legal, impair individual. This is what they're going to be um, fighting for, uh, fighting against impair individuals' ability to inform and counsel each other about the reproductive care that is available in other states. Uh, ban basically abortion pills and that from the FDA, who they have considered uh, safe and, and ethical, uh, even though it's a one, they're one-sided studies, which the Daily Wire article points that out. And the things are also going to or impose criminal or civil liability on federal employees who provide productive, reproductive health care services in manner authority authorized by the federal law. There is no federal law. Just because there's an executive order does not mean that's law. The reason we want to pray for this, first of all, we want to repent for our government standing for this, but hold on, I want to make sure. Oh, it is we want to make sure that our officials are using and really understanding that um, the, the the nation should not be standing for reproductive rights. And, and I'm trying to pull this up. Um, anyways, okay, it's not coming up. But it, it's we want to repent for the Biden administration for continuing to stand up for abortion agenda and intercede that the veil be removed from the church's eyes to have the fear of the Lord on standing for life. Because now we're seeing not only in a state level – the, the battles that are going on. But we're seeing from the federal government, the DOJ, saying we're going to actively go out, be involved in lawsuits that we, number one, have no legal authority to be involved in. There might be some activist judges who say they do, as in, in Louisiana. Now the, a ban, the ban on abortion bans are back in place, allowing abortions to supposedly continuing to occur as the abortion clinics continue to say, well, we don't understand uh, what's going on, even though that's completely false. And so we just, we need to repent for the, the, the administration for doing this. Um, we're going to need to repent in the days ahead as they continue to fight this and fund this. The federal government is stepping outside the realm of its duty to uphold federal laws, which there is no federal law. The Supreme Court just ruled that saying it belongs to the state. There is, and then they're going to keep in this. They're also going to try to educate lawmakers on how to codify 
abortion into law. So this is very troubling um, now, and this will be a fight to continue um, as they're trying to find any way to try to allow abortions. And again, it goes back to the old argument that Republicans and Democrats used to say and are now starting to say even more. Abortions need to be safe, legal, and rare. That's that's the movement. Um, and in reality, we know where that leads to of infanticide, of abortion, and ending uh, the life of a child even outside of the womb. Um, so this is that's where it heads to, till nine months and all that stuff. That's where it's heading. But they're saying this new, the old statement of safely going rare. So don't be deceived on this issue. And then lastly, I want to point out several on different levels at, at the higher level um, elections that pray for if you're in these states, if you know people in these states, they're wondering who to vote for and how to vote in the season ahead. Um, some things to key in on, and, and these are the ones that, that will be that are within the margin of error that could go either way. Uh, that's why I want to highlight these, and we've highlighted some of them before, but I want to highlight them, uh, a few others. And the first being uh, seven governor's races, and noting that, let's remember, there are 36 states with governor's races elections in November. 36 states. This is a huge election. Now, midterms tend to have lower voter turnout, which is why the Biden administration is, is trying to get out the vote. And some we're very well aware of. We talked about it a little bit, but some are, are kind of – we haven't talked about. And, and if you're following Clay's and you're part of that um, 222 prayer, he's going through praying for these states and these elections. But here I just want to remind everyone about a few of these elections. I'm not going to get into detail about the candidates and stuff, but just know that the governor's race in Arizona is a very contentious point. Um, several candidates there to vote for and, and to be aware of and understand. In Georgia, obviously, there's Stacey Abrams and Brian Kemp. In Kansas, um, you have two candidates that – I mean this race could go either way, and, and really how Kansas decides things we've been shown um, will be a, a – bellwether uh, uh leading the charge of pioneer for life in this nation if the voters choose correctly standing for fear of the lord we have michigan there's a host of problems there with with the government overreach involved from the current governor uh, whitner who's trying to continue to run um, and be governor but there's a rise there from the people to stand up against tyrannical movements from the government even though they voted for her to put her in office you have nevada as well as a democrat incumbent um is voting trying to get back and stay in charge whereas you have a republican um candidate trying to dethrone pennsylvania will be a very highly highly contentious point um and a state that could go either way and and the the key key thing here, not only for Pennsylvania but North Carolina and other races as, as well, is the Lord's warn that is these nations, along with um, Kansas and others, need to get back to the original intent as the thirteen colonies for standing for freedom. Um, if we're going to go in any direction towards freedom, and then there's also Wisconsin at the governor's race. So these are some elections to be aware of. No, and again, these are all within the margin of error that could go either way. Um, certain polls, majority of polls say they're in the middle. Some polls say one way or the other, but in reality, when you 
conglomerate and look at all of them. Um, the data shows they, they could go either way. Um, now, some other races, and I want to point this out from this website, Vox, because this shows who not to vote for if you stand for life. I something that's very clear. Um, Vox goes through several uh, 17 uh, battleground races in both the House and the Senate. And I just want to go through which races these are. And if you're in these states, I would look at this and look at who not to vote for because they're very – Vox is going to be very clear, and they are very clear in this article about who to vote for in regards to, in their eyes, for abortion. And obviously this tells you who not to vote for if you believe and stand for life. Um, you have in the House representatives, Virginia um, – see, we've, we've talked about some of these before. But I think I just wanted to show this again of saying, okay, these are some of these races that this is why it's important because as abortion got overturned, they're going to try to get this um, established, codified into law, and these races could play a, a key key into that. And, and just because you know you're hearing the red wave, the red tsunami, action still has to be taken. We, we can predict it all we want, but in reality, action has to be taken. Um, election integrity has to be upheld. Um, challenges have to, at the at the election voting booth and within the voting counting process has to be upheld uh, um, in understanding that the true vote actually gets counted um, and not some random things. You have Nevada's third district leans slightly Democrat, Kansas's third district, um, which is leaning leaning Republican, but they have a, a Democratic uh, candidate who is very very strong and trying to fight for. Um, this seat, you have um, vulnerable Republicans, incumbents in Biden's districts in Ohio, California, and Michigan, uh, which lean either way. And then you go to some open seat um, elections in New York, Pennsylvania, again, Colorado. And then we get into the Senate where you have um, the Senate elections in Wisconsin, Ohio, Again, I'm saying high level here. I'm just I want to point these out. Uh, uh, Nevada, Georgia, back again with Warnock and Walker, and Pennsylvania again as well. Um, North Carolina is a key one too. Uh, we have a retiring um, Senator Richard Burr, so his seat's up, and then we have some other congressional seats here, and New Hampshire, and uh, and Arizona as well. So I, I just want to point these out at a high level make sure we're aware and and as we pray we want to intercede for these voters to use wisdom and revelation from the holy spirit when they vote in the midterm elections from the top of the ballot to the bottom because i'm highlighting here governor's races house races and senate races but then you have state state races you have local mayor's elections you have local officials you have city officials um, judges, etc., and those will play not only in the short term but in the long term more of an effect on the rule of law and the ability for freedom to be carried out and walked out as governments. Let's say there is another uh, quote-unquote outbreak that the government is predicting. Um, as we'll see, those local ones will matter more uh, of whether to enforce the, these just biased um, rulings and laws and, and 
suggestions from the CDC and FDA and WHO about what will happen. So now is the time to decide. If, if you look that look pat look back and say, well, why would these government officials do this? Well, is where we looking into them? Were we praying for them? Were we walking along with them? Um, so now's the chance to to, to to do something rather than sitting back on our hands, playing Monday morning quarterback of, oh, this person is horrible. They why would they ever do this? Is well, have you looked into them? Are you looking into them now? Are you seeking the Lord um, for who should be in office to stand up for freedom and walking alongside of them to to help the community that you're in, um, the city, the state, and then the nation as well. So blessings. I'm going to end on that. And we'll continue our noon prayer online only as today we'll have a conversation about self-worth um, and how children are being persuaded as to where to define the, their self-worth self -worth from our children's pastor, Jake Arscadden. And it's a good conversation as he looks in and he deals with personally as a, an educator um, in the public school system and sees the, the fruits and the confusion that the kids have in today's school system with what is being pushed on them, uh, not only in the education system, but also through media and government funding as well. So I want to end on that. Blessings to each and every one of you. Let's continue to stand on the wall, praying for the office of the president, being of sober mind, and praying that this nation will continue to walk out the destiny that it has to be a nation that spreads the gospel of the kingdom to the nations. Blessings, and I will see you guys later. Have a good one.